Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 119 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates, and I've got a really cool guest here. Um, I'll introduce Eve Guzman. Well, I'm going to get a little bit about your origin story, but what I think is really important here is you and I both spoke at the Real Coaches Summit, our friend Aram's event in Vegas. Uh, and, and you actually attended Raise the Bar, where I was also speaking the, the week prior. And in getting to know Aram in the lead up to this event, one of the things he revealed to me was, I mean, he was, Aram was stressed. He wanted to make sure he did a great job. He definitely didn't want to lose money on his event, but he wanted to make sure it was a VIP experience. And my God, did he ever deliver on that? I mean, it's it's like such an event that I'm, I'm going to tell everybody you have to, to go there next year. He's already pulling together a great lineup of speakers. But what was interesting was in our discussions before I got to know you, he was telling me that you were the one driving the registrations. You were the absolute biggest draw at this event. And I thought this was cool because you were new to me in terms of like, you know, knowing who you were in the industry. And so what I quickly learned is that you have this big mentorship and, mm -hmm. and mentorships. People have people they coach and mentor, but it's a whole nother thing to have such a devoted relationship following with people that, I mean, what was it? 40 plus women. Maybe it was more your photo in a photo with all of them. I think it was total. I think maybe almost 60 at this event. And then like the recordings. <laughs> yeah, right? So you probably brought over a third of the entire attendance at this event, which is incredible considering who was in that lineup. And yeah, showed up, incredible. came to hang out. This was not a inexpensive event. There was a lot included. And, and they were just <clears throat> thrilled to be there. And they were wonderful. The, the entire community was incredible. So it it speaks to just the, the, the depth of the relationship that you're created there. And a lot of people could would only dream of that. And even with much, much larger social media followings, a lot of people cannot mobilize people to show up like that. So I want to get to that, but I, at least and you were on uh, my other podcast, Forever Strength with Bailey Lau, and we, we had more of a applied nutritional conversation. This one, I really want to kind of go into the career stuff and the, the success side of it, because a lot of our people listening are trainers. But can you tell people a little bit about the classic origin story? How you went from the lab scientist, how you lost over 150 pounds, and then how that turned into becoming a coach and a mentor? Yeah, I think you did like the quickest sum up that anybody's ever said of my origin story. But yeah, I spent a lifetime fighting obesity. I mean, by the time I was in middle school, I was probably like 150 pounds. By the time I was graduating high school, I was five feet tall, 200 pounds. Like that was a lot of weight. Um, I was always kind of like the smart, nerdy girl that hid behind education. Um, I was a first chair violist. I don't know if I've ever said that on any interview I did. So I was into music. I was first chair. I was in, um, I did like the orchestra with the, with the jazz band. I did it for musicals. Um, I was the class um, secretary and treasurer. So I did like outgoing things but like hid behind those things because of the weight. Um, so I was very introverted, but wanted to be extroverted. But literally the skin I was living in was like, I mean, I felt like a fat, it felt like a fat suit. I felt like I'm not this person, but I'm in this body that I have to deal with. 
And because I felt like people were judging my worth, my quality, how smart I was because I was overweight. Am I lazy? Do I apply myself? Um, I kind of did the the average things when it came to the amount of like education that I had. And I got to the point in college, I was 225 pounds. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I felt like I was almost like living a lie. Like I had all these like ideas and things that I wanted to be and wanted to do. But I was like, no one wants to hear that from a fat girl. Like no one wants to hear that stuff from a fat girl. And I was always told like, She's got a pretty face and she's smart, but she could lose some weight. And I got to the point where I was sick and tired of it, like for myself and other people. And so I started trying to lose weight. I started doing like Tybo tapes. I had a jump rope. I was walking um, in my home. By that time, I also had a um, one almost two-year-old daughter and we were trying to graduate college. I was doing biology, biochemistry and pre-med. And I got tired of trying to just hide. And I just wanted to kind of be like average on the outside. And I really put the pedal to the metal, you know, sort of say. And in six, 16 months, I ended up losing 120 pounds, um, which was an incredible amount of weight. And then right after that, I had my son. So I gained like 40 pounds back. And then I had to lose some of that again. And I went from being a laboratory scientist and pharmaceutical research where I was managing several labs um, to becoming someone who was sharing how I was losing the weight, changing my body composition by getting into lifting on social media back in 2014. And it turned into people going, oh, my God, this girl did it. Can you help me? help me, help me, help me. It's like, whatever you're doing, I want to be doing. I don't know anybody who's lost this amount of weight and has created this sustainable way to keep it off and is happy and is excited. And they're seeing me change as a person. And people were like, help me. So I started helping them on the side um, until I eventually got into People Magazine because they discovered me and the massive weight loss. I became a blogger and writer for them. I blogged my entire way to the stage, becoming a uh, figure competitor back in 2015 to 2017, which I no longer do. Um, but I documented all of that and I decided I'm going to quit my job. So I walked into my boss's office and said, hey, I think I'm going to do this nutrition thing. You can either let me work for you part time from home. I'll take my microscope home. Or I'll train my replacement and in two months I'm out of here. And they saw the potential in me working from home and didn't want to lose me. So I did that for a couple of years, working from home, building my business until I went full time. And here I am now. There is so much in here that's worth grabbing out to. The first point I want to make is the confidence to be able to give them that sort of choice. And a lot of people, I think, may not necessarily feel the kind of confidence that you clearly established to go, here's what I want to do. I am willing to make this still work for you guys. Are you on board? And obviously they did. Mm -hmm. That doesn't come from a place of insecurity. That comes from a place of knowing your worth and knowing what you're capable of. So that's cool. Any more thoughts on that? Well, I also cried when I, I made that demand. <laughs> so I'm not even going to lie. I am a confident person and I do things afraid, but I also can have like the emotion behind it. So I didn't just go in there like 
you know, fist down demanding. I did cry because I didn't want to leave my staff. I didn't want to leave my team. I mean, we built that lab from scratch, like literally from the ground up. It was the second uh, research laboratory FDA approved that I had opened in the past couple of years, that one in Indiana and another one in Phoenix. And so it was really hard, but it was a scary jump because I didn't have a, a um, sustainable income that was even coming in. I was only making $1,000 a month as a coach, but I saw the vision and I was like, if I keep working for them 40 to 60 hours a week, I'm never going to make it happen. And so I really leaned into the vision of what I thought was possible and the confidence of my skill set and the ability to lead people in the nutrition coaching space. And I said, I think I'm going to be able to help pay the bills, but I won't know till I give it a try. And this is kind of like the, a classic quote that I'll probably paraphrase, but courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is acting despite being fearful in this situation. So I, I mm -hmm. think some lessons here. There's some stuff I want to go to about the career stuff, but I think there's something worth mentioning here. And at least a couple of times you talked about hiding. And this is something that I've seen pop up a few times. And I think people are uncomfortable talking about it, but I think it's worth bringing to the forefront for coaches listening is this understanding from the perspective of someone who very much went through and lived a life that some of the clients that we work with lived and experienced. Do you believe that people who are quote obese do hide and a, do they hide from other things by deciding either like explicitly or subconsciously deciding to quote, stay obese. It's not as simple as that. And if anyone listens to that and gets mad, it's like, understand my context. I mm -hmm. think there are ways that let's for say example, women who have been or fear sexual harassment or assault or anything like that, then I have heard, I don't know this firsthand from anybody telling me that sometimes it can be easier to hide in this place that will not get that unwanted attention by actually staying in that place and not making the changes that theoretically would be benefit their long-term health. Any thoughts to that? Because I mean, you probably deal with women, uh, your, your coaching clientele, I know your mentorship's entirely women. Mm -hmm. I guess your clientele is probably overwhelmingly women or exclusively? Yes. Yeah. Mostly women. Um, we do have some of our coaches on our team that coach men. My husband also coaches men, but we're like 95% women. Yeah. So th this whole thought about hiding, is this something that you've seen? Is there something to this psychologically? You know, do you want to explain? Oh, yeah. I've seen it for like one, like what you're saying is definitely true. I have coached women. I have met women that I haven't coached that have used being a little bit overweight or very overweight as a protective mechanism because of trauma, sexual stuff that has happened to, in the past. And that's definitely true. For me, it was kind of a mixture of both. Um, I was hiding because I didn't think anybody would see my worth or value. Okay. And then I was, oh, sorry. On, like, <laughs> and I, I was also, <laughs> and I was also, staying that way and not doing enough because people were telling me that I probably wasn't going to be able to do the diet and actually lose the weight. Like people were telling me it's not going to work. Like, don't do that. Like people would mention that to me as I'm starting the dieting and they had me also believing like I'm going to fail. Like 
you're not going to be able to lose a hundred pounds. Like I've started to not even tell people about how much I wanted to lose because the number was so big and people, family, friends and everything were like, I don't know if that's going to work or why are you working out now? And it, I mean, I wanted to quit because no one was believing in me except my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. And so it was almost easier sometimes to not even get started. You hit on something there and it's the, the narratives and the common message that dieting is pointless or dieting doesn't work. We see, you know, anti-diet or non-diet messaging. Um, there's an account that kind of goes after some of the pseudoscientific stuff. And one of the accounts that he tends to go after is a dietitian who calls herself a non-diet dietitian, which that sort of seems yeah. to be a bit odd. I mean, I understand where it's sort of coming from. So what are your thoughts on some of this messaging? And I think it's rooted in, I think it's sort of ideological. I think it goes into sort of a social ideological thing as opposed to anything that's truly really evidence-based. Is this stuff causing its own assortment of problems? Are these people who are creating, I often find a lot of this stuff comes from people creating brand and status and mm -hmm to stand out in a, what they think is a crowded space by doing something outside of the norm to gain attention for a tribe that would rather hear this message message as a comforting lie versus the, the hard truths. And you seem to be really good about the hard truths. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's yeah. two parts that one, what do you think about the narrative? And two, you know, why do you gravitate more towards the hard truth? So not to completely call some of these brands out, but if you look at some of the brands and they can come for me, I really don't care. <laughs> the brands that create this like ideology, this messaging, like the anti-diet method message and like dieting culture, this and that. I look at a lot of those accounts and they don't have a problem with their weight. That's like the first thing I see. So you have someone pushing this message that can't really relate to people that are 20, 50 or 120 pounds overweight. And they talk about how dieting is restrictive and we shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that. And intuitive eating is the way to go. But most people can't listen to their body and it clearly tell them, should I have the bag of Lay's chips or should I have the baked potato with the sandwich I'm eating? Like you don't really know what your body needs and what your body is capable of to you do some form of tracking, which is then you actually going into a diet. But dieting is really a way of eating. We've just turned it into this word that means I'm I'm doing something that's going to be hard and I'm, I'm going to be mourning, eat, not eating the things I want to eat. Um, but the biggest problem I have with that messaging is it's coming from people that have never had an issue with their weight and they maintain um, pretty easily just doing the bare minimum. And there are people that have been the size that I have been and hear that messaging and they want to not have to worry about counting and tracking and working out and picking up 25 pound dumbbells. But it's not just it's just not that easy. Um, like I focus on the hard truths and evidence-based, um, things, and it all comes down to the science and behavior change. And there's no way around that. It's going to be science and behavior change. There's no way. It's funny because I normally, because 
I, I tend to steer away from almost anything that you know really descends into the the ideological, the complex stuff. But what you basically said is there's a privilege in where these people are, and then they turn around and they're speaking this message to people that I think oftentimes are speaking for, and they don't necessarily they've never walked a mile in their shoes, which mm-hmm. you know, talked about this. You've walked many, many miles in those shoes, which also I think gives you a tremendous amount of credibility married with like extensive education and you know mm-hmm. experiences and that do you think that's a key reason why you've been successful yeah i think so and even in the last two years i don't talk heavily about my weight like i might throw a post out once a month i'll do like a side by side i even had coaches that met me at the um Real Coaches Summit that didn't know my story because I don't want to have it as the thing that's the leading thing. But it is true. I do put science um, and I do put my own journey into the mix. But that has been able to make it easier for me to learn the art of coaching and being able to teach it to coaches that don't have experience um, working with clients like me or they haven't been a client like me. So. You mentioned the teaching. So this is where I definitely wanted to go because I alluded to earlier, <clears throat> you've done a wonderful job of creating that community. Um, you've certainly through mentoring other coaches, you're scaling a tremendous amount of ability to help more people all across the world. How did that, how did that come to be? I mean, how did you go from coach to mentor and what are some of the most important things that has led to the success. What do you do with these women that you mentor that's led to them being successful? Like just go wherever you want to go with that. Okay. So it was kind of the same thing as the weight loss. It was DMs have helped me. Coaches were saying the same thing. So the one thing I do share in my journey was when I first started being a coach, I was part of an MLM. I'm not ashamed about it. I talk about it all the time. It was a very educational experience for me. It was a platform for me um, to actually learn what I didn't want to do and what worked well. I learned how to market. I learned the way that people... Um, thought about products and supplements in the fitness space. So I was part of an MLM called Herbalife. And in that um, container, I had a team of 35 coaches. So I started mentoring back in 2015, made the decision in 2016, this isn't for me because people were believing the supplements were making them lose weight. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm a scientist. I have to have people understand that it is about calories in, calories out, metabolism, hormones. Like, I have to have people that follow me know how to live forever without any kind of supplement, like how to eat without a replacement shake. And so when I switched exclusively to doing macro coaching, Coaches were DMing me going, oh, my God, you have so many clients. They're getting great transformations. I mean, I think at that time, my client load was like 75 one-on-ones, which I do not recommend. I do not have that many clients anymore. Um, I was burnt out, but I loved it. Um, And I kept up, but I just worked seven days a week. And coaches were like, hey, I'm struggling doing macro adjustments for my clients. Can I send you my clients' check-ins and and you take a look at them? And I did a few for free. And then people were like, can I just get on a call? So I started charging maybe like a hundred bucks or something, a call for an hour. And then those coaches were like, can I just keep this going? And so in 2018, I had coaches that were paying 
I think it was like $500 a month to do a one hour call every week with me that we just went over check-ins together. We went over their check-ins. We went over like putting them through different periods of nutrition, um, periodization, going through adjustments, going through muscle building. I mean, just you name it or pricing or my clients freaking out. The scale went up one pound. What do I say? And I loved doing it. And then more coaches found out and I couldn't sustain it. I was like, I can't do a one hour call with everybody every day of the week. And I was like, I'm going to do a group program. And so I decided in October 2018, I was going to mark, I was going to launch this group program. I came up with the name Macro Mentorship because it was a mentorship. It wasn't people doing it alone, following a cert, like plug in the numbers. Like I was like hand holding you along the way. And I got major imposter syndrome. I was like, you know what? No one's going to buy this for me. And I was like, I am not the average looking person in the space. Most certifications have been created by white men. I am not a white man. Um, I'm petite. I'm curvy. I love to eat. Um, you know, I've got like a completely, my whole background is like so multiculturally diverse. I'm like a little bit of everything. Um, but like exclusively, like I'm, I'm a black woman, I'm black and I'm Macedonian and I'm like, no one's going to buy this for me. No one looks like me, sounds like me, talks like me background growing up, you know, like, what do they call it? The, the, I was like, what do they call it? Like, uh. I was like rich, lower class. I don't even know. It was, I was barely middle class when I grew up, grew up in a horrible area. Um, I was like, no one's going to buy this from me. And I had friends that I talked to about this and they were like, they're going to buy it. Just do it. Just do it. I'm like, no one is going to believe in me. And so I launched it January, 2019. And I barely had eight coaches. Like I literally was begging the coaches the night before I got six client or seven coaches to sign up the night before. And I had one solid person that was like in it with me all the way. And she's a coach in my team now. And her name is Jeanette. And she's been rocking and rolling with me ever since. But I launched it with eight coaches. Then I got it approved by NASM and then AFA and then ISA, um, ISSA. And then it became a national certification program in September 2019. Um, And here we are four years later, almost a thousand coaches um, on our way to a thousand coaches through this program. Wow. Holy shit. That's incredible. And I almost did not create it because I was like, nobody looks like me. Nobody sounds like me. And here we are. (laughs) And now you're speaking at events like real coaches. Yep. I've been speaking since I took a hiatus. I did start public speaking in 2018, but then COVID happened. Um, So this has been the year. I mean, I think I've now got a total of seven speaking gigs booked this year so far. We have the same number on the books right now. (laughs) Cool. Uh, And you're doing, am I? Yes, of course, because I was there when Nick Lamb invited you uh, to speak at the Recovery and Sleep Summit, which we may as well plug that because that's coming up right away. So oh, yeah. my pal Nick Lamb, he's one half of Raise the Bar. And anyone who's ever listened to a podcast of mine knows I've been talking about that. I was good at that. So you and I and a lot of other really cool people are doing, I think it's like 55-ish coaches are doing yep. business and talks and it's virtual and it's actually free. So I think literally, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, you're a longtime listener, shoot me a message. But you know, I'm guessing that a lot of Eve's People will be listening. Yes. You can either get the free live or there's like 
a $99 option to, you know, to watch the recordings anytime you want. So yeah, basically like a dollar seventy per per recording, like so cheap. And that lineup is is really good, and it's cool because it's got a handful of you know very well established industry authorities who you know do a lot of this stuff. But it's actually got a lot of emerging coaches. You know, like Dr. Susie Spurlock, she's a doctor of physical therapy. Pretty sure she was a guest on mine and mm -hmm. Bailey's podcast. Her and Bailey have become really good friends. They hung out together, at raised the bar. They both went, and Susie's doing good stuff. My friend Natalia Mello is doing. Uh, Recovery and Sleep Summit, it, just a really long list of cool people. Um, a lot of prior guests of mine on the podcast, like huh, Dr. Alan Bacon is doing it. And Alan being out in Hawaii doesn't necessarily get to do a lot of these things. So it's actually cool he's mm -hmm. in. When I had him on the podcast, he had one of the, like, his community just loved it. So it's actually one of the mm -hmm. higher downloaded podcasts I've had in a long time. So if you're a Dr. Alan Bacon fan, shoot me a message. Uh, yeah, we've been sharing each other's stuff. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, there, there's so much in here I want to uh, pull apart, but you also on a couple of, at a couple points talked about your husband supporting you when everybody else kind of wasn't early on. And, you know, a handful of these women who were just, yeah, and friends who were saying, yes, you need to do this. They'll show up. Like you've had the right people at the right moments. How important is that? And how, how did you tune in to the, the supporters and tune out the naysayers? Oh, when it came to the third or losing the weight? Because <laughs> they both happened. All of the so, applies to both. I really had to learn to keep my blinders on. Um, and I think the biggest learning experience I've had with that is having a completely different personality from my husband. Like he is very, if they don't like it, fuck them. I mean, he's literally like that. If they he doesn't like them, if you they don't like you, then they can get off your page. If they don't like your messaging, they don't have to listen. And he's like, just do what you want and don't worry about what other people are thinking. So I did spend a lot of time like not following competitors and really just giving people the thing that I wish I had when I wish there was a macro certification out there. So we literally created the type of certification that I wish I had and that people were saying they needed. They wanted it with community. They wanted live coaching. I mean, I am the CEO of our company and I lead every single call in macro mentorship. Um, I have an amazing team of assistant coaches, but I lead all the calls. They're on their with me, but I lead every single call and I haven't missed one in four and a half years. And so people will say like, she is the most present CEO I've ever seen. And so it is a certification um, based on macro based coaching, but it also has a business coaching component in, in there. So they get the cert, they get nutrition mentorship and business coaching. And because of we, we're offering something that other people don't offer it, it made it really easy to keep the blinders on because there wasn't a product that could, could compare. And we also have a lot of coaches that come to our community that are brand new. This is their first cert, 45%. This is their very first time starting a business, um, very first time with any type of coaching certificate. 
And so we make sure that they feel seen, supported, and heard, and they don't feel like that in other containers. We have had people leave other containers um, because they felt less than, that they didn't know enough, or you should be doing this by now, um, you know, air quotes. And so we have those coaches come into our um, container and have a completely different experience. And because they are supported, they just, I mean, they take off. We've had coaches make six figures in 90 days. Um, just like unbelievable amounts of um, success that they haven't been able to find elsewhere. So let's go further with this, because I mean, I think this is essentially what you're saying, but do you feel like a lot of the traditional business mentorship stuff out there is underserving or completely missing? Um, maybe, maybe women, um, certainly yeah. uh, minority women or, or just any are there any other dimensions and the type of people outside of those type of categories that that feel like they're just not being seen or served? Yeah, I would say our women are mostly uh, women, mostly over thirty, and this is a career change for them. Of course, they're not straight out of getting an exercise science degree. I mean, a, a huge chunk of our coaches are between thirty and forty-five, and this is something that is either like a side gig, a side hustle, whatever you want to say, because they want to have an impact before the money. It's not even about the money for these coaches. It's they have their own origin story. They know what nutrition and fitness has done for them, whether it's like traumatic stuff, whether it is um, losing weight or going from like skinny to actually having muscle, like they all have their own story. And so the impact is the biggest thing. Um, but a lot of them are wanting to do a huge um, change in career. Like we have some coaches in our program that are making well over six figures in a job they, they're really good at, but it might be soul sucking or they just want to do something different. Hmm, that's that's interesting. Uh, again, I think the business coaching space sort of gets a bit of a almost a bad rap. And mm -hmm. I, I like how you kind of you sneak it in the back door. So do you think that it's actually one of the things that was missing from a lot of them? Like, do a lot of the people, the women that come to your mentorship, are they actually fairly good about most of the pieces when it comes to the nutrition side? Maybe they need a little bit of help with that little bit of like sorting out because I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of information. It can get overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Find that the thing that they really need to have unlocked was some of the business skills, the way that they structure their businesses, the way that they approach their marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that came down to confidence because when you do a traditional search, like maybe the 30 to 50% of those that work with us already have, they're like, I got the cert. I kind of checked the box of having it but I don't really you know how to even get started. I don't know how to get clients. I don't have anyone to tell me if I'm pricing too low, too little. Should I coach any clients for free for a while? How do I transition out of the gym? I mean, you could just answer like a thousand questions on the things that they're needing to get started. But if people are paralyzed, they won't even start the business. They just have a cert they paid for that doesn't go to use. And so I would say maybe 30 to 50% of it is like refining those skills with coaching. But when they get in, the business is like the huge thing because a lot of them need the confidence to actually even get started. Because the, the training certifications don't teach the business. No. Those of us that- You gotta add that on later. And then you're still doing it solo. So you don't have someone to run your ideas by. Mm. Which is actually one of the reasons why I like going to these kind of events. Like 
anyone who's listened for any length of time has heard me go on and on about the impact of going to events like what we just talked about. But I believe in it because it's changed my career at getting to be in rooms with people who, you know, share attitudes and drive, ambition, but who may be doing different things. And I, what I was going to say was when for the, those of us coaches that come out of the traditional box gym, you know, session model, which I mean, I like and has treated me really well, but the key was growing beyond it and figuring out there's, there's other ways to do these things. You get very boxed in, but they teach you to a degree, they teach you sales and you can, you can get a lot out of that, but they don't necessarily, necessarily teach you how to run a business. Now, I think it's a very smart thing if you work for someone else to treat your job as a trainer as your own entrepreneurship and your own business. And I always did that. And I think that's key. And it's going to make it easier to transition out because the transition out of that is almost always going to be the way to, you know, scale livelihood to the point where it's sustainable for the long run. Right. Uh, people think mm -hmm. that will be staying within the, you know, in that, that gym, the organization I used to work for, there was lots of problems with them, but um, they effectively went bankrupt. And, you know, what came out of the ashes is a tiny shell of what it used to be. So I left long before most of the major problems started. Um, I want to get my thoughts back on track here, but the business mentorship side, I still think there's a lot of negativity around business coaching. Mm, yes. <laughs> there are a lot of really smart, credible people who are still doing it. I think Jill Coleman is one of my favorite examples of, you know, someone, especially who is in a similar space to you, who is, you know, serving women she was a mentor of mine. <laughs> and Jill is someone I found on the podcast recently. She spoke at um, Raise the Bar. And I mean, I referred people. People will message me and ask, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then they want to start a business, whatever. And, you know, realistically, now I'm going to add you to that because I have a much clearer idea of what you're doing. So, you know, you and Jill are going to be my my resources, especially for female entrepreneurs, right? Who want to get started or, or want to refine their businesses. But, you know, you've got Jill. And then you have, you know, you get guys like Luca Hosevar and Steve Krebs, who are really good with the with the physical gym stuff. My friend, mm -hmm. P2P, uh, Mark Fisher, those guys do a really killer job with the physical gym stuff. And then there are other coaches. I think Jonathan Goodman, Jordan Syed, amongst others, are great with that. Um, Rachel and Alan Cosgrove. But yep. for every one of those people, it seems like there's 50 to 100 people in your DMs who, you know, and, and they look pretty young, too. As like, I don't think you actually own that that Ferrari you're leaning against in your profile photo, right? And that's, right. it's low hanging fruit and it's easy to get negative about it. But what do you think has allowed you to thrive in a space that, you know, is sort of getting a bit of an icky reputation? I think one of the biggest things for me was I was someone that became a business coach that had actually been deep in the trenches and was a successful fitness coach myself. Like I hit multiple six figures before trying to make more money and becoming a business coach overnight. Um, there are a lot of incredible coaches out there, you know, whatever the pay scale is, whatever you are, wherever you are across the world, but not everyone is like destined to be a business coach. And I see a lot of people coach for six months maybe make 40K, you know, whatever that is and go, I want to make more money and come up that with that idea themselves. Or I see other business coaches go, the way to get you to six figures is we're going to make you a business coach now. 
And they get out there and they're literally floundering around and their way of coaching is telling them to do exactly what they did, but they don't necessarily have the skill set um, to help someone with strategy and marketing and how to pivot when they can't just do what you did to lose weight. It's like someone following the same, you know, nutrition plan. Just because the meal plan you followed made you lose weight, that's not going to work for everybody. It's not going to be one size fits all. And those are literally pyramid schemes where they're yeah. business coaches. Like we see that. That stuff's very easy. And a lot of them are doing the same tactics. Uh, it's very evident that you didn't seek out business coaching and, and this sort of side of things as much as people just kept, you told the story, people kept showing up at your doorstep going, hey, how do you do this? You've been successful at it. And it was just thrown at you and you just, the cool thing is, is you embraced it too. So it obviously has- Yeah, I was like, somebody has to do it. And I've had some bad business coaching experiences. And so it was a chance for me to kind of turn that around. So what are, you know, you don't necessarily have to give away kind of where those came from, but- what are some of the things that, oh, wait, what were those bad experiences or what do you think's out there that is misleading or taking advantage of people who need the help? Oh my gosh, I can talk about mine. <laughs> I mean, I won't say who the person was, but my first business coaching experience, my business coach was very young 20s. And I think I was at the time like 31. So I they literally called me Mama Eve in the program because I was the oldest. I was one of very few that had kids. Um, but my mentor was like 22. And she was someone who grew a very large following, mostly from like bikini photos, but I followed her during my own prep. And that's where I had like kind of that connection. She was prepping, showing things on YouTube. I was learning how to like make all these low calorie foods to hit my macros and, you know, starve myself to the stage, 10% body fat, all of that. And then she offered a business coaching program out of nowhere. And she wasn't even fitness coaching, but she had a successful following. So I signed up. I literally spent every dollar we had. It was $6,000 for three months completely drained my bank account. And this was after I gave my notice to my job. And um, like we took all the paychecks that were coming in on a Friday, plus our savings, and we spent everything. And it actually was the thing that helped me. Um, and it gave me the confidence to actually make, you know, get my business going. I finally made it. I had a 3K month. I think four months in, I was making 10,000 a month. So it helped but it gave me a small bit of the framework. But after that, I realized that was kind of the flop. I couldn't go, I couldn't grow anywhere from that. And I realized when she was trying to coach me on strategy, she didn't have the experience because she'd never fitness coached before. She just went from influencer with a nice body to business coach. Um, but I'm grateful for the experience, but I see a lot of that. Influencers that look really great. Um, and, you know, they show their food, they show their workouts, and then they're in your, your, they're in your DMs or their assistants or bots are in your DMs saying, hey, how long have you been a fitness coach? How is it going? And then they try to get you to do a 20K mastermind or something, just like incredible stuff. I've loved those people. But, and then I started hiring good coaches after that. But it was the thing I needed. I needed to make the investment to put myself on the hook to actually... Um, do the things I said I needed to be doing to get more clients, like showing up on social media, talking on video, getting an email list going. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But the coaching wasn't that great.
I, I love how you actually went to the positive despite the flaws. And mm -hmm. that's an important message too. Like, you know, again, I mentioned that the company I used to work for, well, they went bankrupt and, and, and whatever happened. And I don't have my career without them. I don't have this if a couple of the staff who actually I still am very good friends with to this day, um, kept bugging me off the floor as a member to come work, work there as a trainer. And I kept saying no until I finally said yes at 32 years of age. Like that's, a, that's not the traditional starting point. Right. And mm -hmm. putting my head down to work into there, despite having, I'd say 50% of the managers I had over six years were abhorrent to the point where there was rampant sexual harassment and other really problematic behavior. And, predatory multi-level marketing recruitment within that entity. But the beauty of it was it made me so resilient and self-reliant and made me so good at developing a referral business that when the writing was on the wall, it's like, I need to get out because I'm being harassed here. It's like, cool. I've got people who are already trying to pull me out. I have really close friends who've been successful doing it independently. A couple of calls. I was set up, ready to go, you know, had support and, and I moved. And when I moved, you know, you have to be really careful about non-solicit type stuff, but you know, there's a, there's a way to approach it where you just go. And if you have a strong enough relationships, people will just say, listen, I, where, where are you going? I'm, I'm going, mm -hmm. I'm staying here. And I didn't leave anybody in a lurch. I honored everything that I possibly could. And then when, when it was left down to it, virtually everybody said, no, we're coming with, right? So thankfully that worked out and it got me off to a really strong start, but yes, I am aggressive in calling out these really problem behaviors on, on that level. But at the same time, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm very grateful for every bit of those experiences. And I'm grateful for how bad it got that pushed me to leave. And mm -hmm. I, I think with a lot of coaches, and that's born of fear because I was fear, afraid of losing my livelihood, uh, losing, obviously losing my job, losing my livelihood, losing my clients. Cause they're still technically the gym's clients, even though they were all my referrals that I brought in and that I've been, you know, continuing that relationship with. I, I think we have to remember the positives. We definitely yep. still learn the lessons from and warn other people, protect people from being abused. Thankfully I was in a position mm -hmm. where I was able to, you know, take care of myself and I protected other people as best I could. Some people I couldn't. And a lot of people were hurt in that whole environment, which makes me really sad. But, you know, now I'm in an environment where coaches, if they want, you know, I'll just make sure that they're set up as contractors at the gym I'm at and they're good. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, what matters here is you're scaling a lot of really good things. And you mentioned even Herbalife, that shit is straight up demonized. Like that stuff is straight up. <laughs> And yet, you know, you're comfortable saying, hey, that was part of the journey. It, it definitely wasn't what you wanted to do. Um, but you've traveled a unique path. And I like this story because if anybody listening, I mean, so a lot of people listening, yeah, they, they became traders. They went and did the degree or the, the diploma right out of high school, passionate at a young age. But I bet you there's a lot of people like you and me who transitioned from other careers, other educational mm -hmm. paths, and found this later in life. And it's honestly the most fulfilling gift that could have ever been given to either of us to be able to do this. Um, everybody listening, guys, please go follow Eve. Go check out what she's doing. And, um, and it, for, especially if there's any female listeners who are like, oh, man, this is cool. You know, reach out. I know Eve, you'll happily answer some of their questions and they can learn more about you. And hopefully you mm -hmm. guys will join us at the next time. Either one of us is speaking at something in person. You got to, where are you speaking next? What do you got coming up? Um, so the online sleep recovery, that's going to be next. 
Um, I am a speaker in an event I can't announce. If I even say the city, people will know. Um, <laughs> it's the women's event. Um, and then another one that I'm working out uh, for a retreat. I think I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. I think I'm going to be closer to it'll be in. I can't remember the actual area, but it's going to be in um, uh, Western Canada. So I have not been over there. So I think I'm coming closer your way. And then a couple other um, online things that I'm doing. Good. And there's one other event that's for August that I'm working on. So Everybody good listen. stuff. Just go follow Eve. You, you, the stuff will get announced when it's publicly available. <laughs> and where can they find you to follow you? I'm assuming Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, I have a brand new handle. Um, so maybe this will get me back in the algorithm loop. Um, it's Eve Guzman Official. So it's my full name with official behind it. Just did a handle change because I am more than just fitness and I had to do a change. Um, and we do have a dedicated pay, uh, page for our certification. Really easy to find. It's Macro Mentorship. Awesome. And you got that name. First one in for that name. That's a good one. That's like a good website name. Uh, trademarked and copyrighted there you go everybody <laughs> listening go check out what eve's doing um thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episodes with mike dola and nick shaw recently and then everything that preceded it if you are someone who found me through eve's community um you know what go back and look through some of the other episodes that i've had with people maybe my friend natalia mello is back it goes back quite a ways natalia is really cool you may find a bunch of people that you really like jill Coleman will probably be a really great listen and maybe you'll stick around for future guests and for my people please go check out what he's doing she's awesome uh thank you again for tuning in i appreciate all you guys and uh, i know that i hit a patch there where i wasn't as consistent but i've got a ton of guests lined up so you guys will have a, a weekly episode for a while. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Eve.